0: This is Hannah Rose and welcome to the Inspire Within podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Inspire Within. My name is Hannah Rose and I am your show host. Today I am bringing you a fabulous new guest. Her name is Hannah O. Hannah is currently the assistant fashion and e commerce editor at 17 Magazine. She's also an amazing content creator on Instagram and TikTok and has a massive following. On TikTok, she has over 66,000 followers and on Instagram, she has over 77,000 followers. Hannah, thank you so much for being here. How's it going today? It's going good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, So I just want to take it back a little bit. Tell us about yourself, your background, kind of where you grew up, uh, where you went to school, everything like that.
1: Yeah, of course. So my name is Hannah O. I live in New York City right now, obviously, but I'm actually originally from Philadelphia, which is where I went to college. So I went to Drexel University, and Drexel has a um, they have a custom design major program. So I created my own interdisciplinary major, and I graduated with a degree in digital fashion marketing and media studies. So, like you said, I'm now currently assistant fashion editor and e-commerce editor at Seventeen, and. Yeah, I really have been enjoying it and we get to work together so that's fun.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm so glad I get to work with you too. And so, tell me a little bit more about that. So you were able to create your own degree at Drexel, you mentioned. Um did you always know that you wanted to go into the fashion space or did did somebody inspire you to get into this industry? You know what?
1: I applied for so many different majors, like so many different programs when I was applying for colleges because I was kind of just Seeing what would happen, right? Like, I applied for communications programs, I applied to do English and business and musical theater. I was kind of just trying to figure things out at the end of high school. Um, but when I realized that Drexel had a program where I could design my own major, I realized that I didn't have to compromise on some of these things that I wanted to study, but maybe were not necessarily offered in traditional programs. And mm-hmm. it ended up working out really well because a lot of people say that they don't use their college degree at all in their careers, but mine was so specifically tailored to being in the fashion industry and working in media. So hopefully I won't turn out to be one of those people. (laughs) Uh,
0: No, that's awesome. I definitely feel like a lot of my friends and just people I talk to within the recruiting space are like, I do something completely different than what my college degree was. So it's so nice to know that it was worth your money and worth your time there too. So that's really great. So talk us through some of like the internship or work experience you might've had in college and then how you ended up landing the assistant fashion and e-commerce editor role at 17.
1: So I- knew you're gonna ask this question and I had to look back on my LinkedIn to make sure that I remembered. Yeah. My first internship was with Marquesa. Um, I was one of their wholesale interns and you know, as much as I appreciate like all of the moving pieces in the retail machine, it made me realize that I do not ever want to work in wholesale ever again. Mm Um, But throughout college, I was a bridal stylist, so I was selling wedding dresses, and looking back on that, that really trained my eye and obviously taught me a lot about customer service and working with people and different (laughs) difficult situations. Um, I did some contributing writing and some freelance projects. I worked with brands through social media. Um, I learned a lot about branded content and managed my own fashion week calendars and created video content about fashion trends and vintage fashion and all that good stuff. I also interned for Julia von Bohm, who is a wonderful celebrity stylist, so I was her editorial intern first, and then I ended up moving to New York and becoming her fashion intern, and at that time I was actually doing double duty, so I was doing two part-time internships, and I was also with CR Fashion Book, and that was easily like the best internship I ever did it set me up so well for my career even though it was remote I feel like all the things that I learned there still serve me today and I also was a seasonal PR assistant at Chanel and that was just fun like Mm -hmm. it was just fun to work in the Chanel offices It was fun to see what it's like on the PR side because obviously I've been a lot more on the editorial side but the two work so closely together even though throughout college it felt like I didn't know what I was doing at every single step in the long run, kind of that planning and mapping everything out and having um, long-term vision, I feel like definitely served me.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome. You're definitely a type A like me, like planning literally every step out of your life. Like, I think I have like the next 5, 10, 15 years of my life planned out. So, That's awesome to know somebody that's, you know, thinks exactly like I do. And so throughout those internship experiences, did you have, you know, one or maybe a handful of mentors that really, you know, you stay in touch with today that really led you to this particular role?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that if you look at my career path, it may seem a little confusing. I know that there are some girls out there or people who have made it in the fashion industry that have known exactly what they want to do the entire time or Mm -hmm. they've just had a lot of internships and work experience in the exact same field. Whereas I kind of jumped around during college, but because of that, I was able to learn a lot of different things from so many different kinds of people. Like, did I have six magazine internships throughout college? No, I didn't. I was in college during COVID. Like some things just simply weren't possible, Mm -hmm. but because I interned, I worked in PR, I worked in celebrity styling, I worked in editorial, I worked in bridal. I kind of did my own thing, freelancing, whatever. I was able to talk to people in all of those different industries and kind of gain different skills from them, which I feel like made me a more well-rounded editor and just a more well-rounded employee at this point.
0: Yeah, Even absolutely. They're not super related. And so talk to me a little bit more about the interview and recruitment process at Hearst when you, you know, ended up in this job at 17. Did you just apply? Did you reach out to somebody at the company?
1: I mean, I was on LinkedIn
0: bothering people throughout all four years of my college
1: career. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. But like the thing about magazine jobs, and I'm sure you know, it's like really just about jumping on opportunities when they pop up. Yeah. Like I had so many friends in tech or friends who worked in STEM fields where they had their jobs secured months in advance. They were like, "Yeah, I know what I'm doing." Post grad, it's like September, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna start working next September." Oh my god! I signed my offer letter, and that's crazy to me because that's not how that's not how it works in fashion. Like you have to just apply when things pop up. But like Mm -hmm. I said, I'm a planner, so that's super nerve wracking for me. But it's also Mm -hmm. exciting because you don't know what opportunities are gonna come up. So obviously, I had like LinkedIn alerts set. Like you gotta scan those career pages of the companies you want to work for every single day. Mm-hmm. Have your resume ready. You know, don't forget the cover letter. And like, you might have your next job in two weeks' time.
0: So, and I mean, I think that in today's market, too, in today's job market, it's so hard to apply to a job and then like wait a month or two months to hear back. Like, these jobs get snatched up so quickly. So, if for any like May 2022 grads that are listening, potentially knowing that there could be a job that's posted tomorrow and you could end up in that role within the next two to three weeks is actually something that's feasible that maybe wasn't always consistent in the job market forever. So it's super crazy time to just be looking for a job right now. Things are going really quickly. It's such a candidate's market though. So definitely being able to take advantage of that. And I think, you know, going back to what you said about just being able to kind of stay on top of everything, reach out to people on LinkedIn, don't feel like you're being obnoxious. Like I was totally that girl reaching out to so many people. So you just got to keep doing what you're doing. And obviously everything you did, Hannah, you know, was successful and led you to be where you are today. So, so now that, you know, we've talked about the recruiting process, want to talk about your current day to day. Um, What does that look like? What are some of you know your favorite parts of the job and you know any major challenges on the role itself on a day-to-day basis
1: on a day-to-day basis obviously we all send in our pitches in the morning we do um, a new sleep to see kind of what are the most important events that have been happening what are celebrities wearing maybe there was a big event like the grammys or you know the oscars obviously red carpet season was pretty busy um and then we'll do morning news everyone's writing up their articles obviously we'll also be writing more long form pieces so we'll do a lot of seo content um evergreen articles that do really well in bringing traffic to our site um things that people search up a lot and then also there are like events to go to there are Press previews, where you go and you learn about a new collection that's coming out, or a new beauty product, or maybe it's a panel, or if you're writing an article, maybe there are experts to interview, maybe there are you know Zoom calls to hop on, meetings to have. Every day looks a little bit different, but I do like that there's kind of some structure to it. And um, I mean, I, my job is all about people, and I really like that. Like. I get to be surrounded by these really talented, passionate people who love what they do. And I get to interview people who are doing amazing things and hear their stories and share them in writing. Um, mm-hmm. cause, like. I used to be that girl who was reading magazines and articles on websites and every single morning I would like religiously read Into the Gloss and The Cut and Vogue and Bizarre and Elle and Birdie and so many more every single morning in high school and I understand how that impacted me, um, how what I read impacted me and how what I read led to my career and I have a very strong sense of responsibility to do right by the people who read what I write. So being an editor, you know, I'm like, listen, there are younger girls out there who might end up working in the industry or there are people out there who are searching these things and genuinely want to know, like, what do I need to bring with me to college? And they're turning to different sources online for this information. And I want to do right by them and and help these people out. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love that being an editor kind of allows me to, to combine strategy and journalism and writing and, a sense of aesthetics and fashion. And yeah, I just really enjoy it. It's fun. It's a fun job to have. And I feel very lucky.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And what have been some of the more exciting pieces that you've been working on lately?
1: Ooh, that's a really good question. I mean, so, Stranger Things just came out, and Seventeen did a whole, like, swarm for that show, so we did a ton of coverage around Stranger Things. I wrote an article recently on meme fashion, and I attended MemeCon at the Meta headquarters, and talked to some creators who have been making merch, and just about, like, why Gen Z has been resonating so much with these, like, Britney Spears, like, dump him t-shirt, or the, like, (laughs) like praying you know the brand praying kind of has that Mm -hmm. that bag that has like the twilight characters on it like why that's been appealing to people so i got a a fun like feature piece on that and then obviously like lots of good things in the works obviously shopping stories yeah um, very cool pieces all that good stuff
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's so exciting. Stranger Things is so awesome. So if anybody hasn't watched the newest season yet, definitely get on that. Um, and in regards to just wanting to pivot to the, you know, more of social media space, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you grew such a big following. Is this something that you, you know, really wanted to have planned for yourself throughout college? How did that kind of come about? And what do you do to maintain and grow that space?
1: I mean, it was kind of an accident. I, <laughs> I definitely, like, knew what I was doing when I was making those videos, but it wasn't ever to, like, become an influencer. Mm -hmm. So, like, breaking into the fashion industry can be really difficult, especially when you don't have a family member who can get you your first internship and help you get your foot in the door. So when I was in college, I started making these short-form videos about, like fashion trends and fashion history from different decades and offering styling inspiration. And I'd always write from a fashion student. So I guess that's what I mean when I say that, like, I knew what I was doing and that I had a goal in mind, but Mm -hmm. the goal was never followers. It was just for fun. So I mainly did it, like, if an internship ever needed me to help out with social media, I'd be able to prove that I know how to use TikTok and I'll be a useful Gen Z employee. And, (laughs) you know, I can, like, help out with that. And a year later... I was sitting at Fashion Week and I was, you know, attending some shows for CR Fashion Book and I was attending some shows just as like an influencer. I hate that word, but I was attending as an influencer (laughs) and it was just crazy to look back on how how fast things can change.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And just embrace it, girl. Like, I mean, if you don't want to be an influencer, that's okay, but you definitely have a great influence on a lot of the people following you, I'm sure. But yeah, that's really cool. And what are what are some of the coolest events that you've been to, you know, whether it be fashion week or like some experiential marketing events after work, what has been the most fun thing for you?
1: Definitely fashion week was such a dream, especially the first time around. I mean, everyone says like you never forget your first fashion week and that's true because I had so many moments of just sitting down in a seat. If I got a seat, that was always nice. And looking around and seeing the people who I was watching this fashion show with and just thinking that I never thought, I never ever thought that I would be sitting in the same room as them watching the same fashion show in the time period that it happened and just feeling so lucky and like grateful and blessed to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's so many cool events that are just happening now after work. I feel like events are back in full swing so many mm-hmm. people are doing these cool things like I
0: got to go to the premiere of the summer I turned pretty and awesome. that was so much fun um and what advice would you give to people that are trying to like network and go to these types of events but aren't in a job like yours do you have to be you know working at a magazine company or within a media industry or publishing industry to kind of end up at these types of events
1: it definitely helps it helps to be media 1000% but I mean, I will say that there are a lot more influencers at these events that I've been going to. I think that's kind of a shift that's been happening in the industry, mm-hmm. which I know that people have different opinions on. But ultimately, it's it's like a two-way street. It's a trade-off with these events. You get to go experience the product. You get to go experience whatever kind of cool activations they have in place and the PRs are looking for publicity they're looking for coverage they're looking Mm -hmm. to have the right people come see these collections so that it's top of mind for when you're writing articles or you're pulling um you're doing market work or even when you're just posting on social media so so it's definitely possible you don't need to have a million followers but at the same time know what you're bringing to the table and know what you can offer these PR people because they need to do their job too so it's not really just about like going to fun events it's 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 a (laughs) trade-off
0: yeah yeah absolutely you're both bringing something to the table and helping one another out that's really great and then just in terms of helping those looking to grow their platform or looking to get into the fashion space what are your biggest tips of advice for them
1: The reason why I decided to bite the bullet and stop using my Instagram as a personal account and start posting fashion-focused things was because I wanted my social media to look like my portfolio. So if a future employer were to look me up, they could see photos of my friends and my family, and that's totally fine, nothing wrong with that. Or they could open up my Instagram and they could see clearly that I'm interested in fashion and get a snapshot of my sense of style. It was kind of like a dress for the job you want, not the job you have moment where mm-hmm. I was a college student and I wanted to be an editor, but I wasn't an editor, but I still wanted my social media to reflect that. So when the opportunity rolled around, I was ready to, to be like, this is where I'm at and this is who I can be. But yeah, don't focus on the followers. It's really not about the followers. I know that's probably easy for me to say as somebody who has gotten to that point with my platform, but at the same time, if you tie your sense of success and identity and worth to how many followers you have, every time it dips, that's going to be really hard. So you have to have some separation there too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Having healthy boundaries and, you know, just making sure that you're very career focused rather than focused on a number all the time is really important. That's really great advice. Thank you. And then just in regards to some of your favorite fashion trends right now, I would love to hear your take on that.
1: I think, yeah, looking at fashion trends right now has been so interesting because obviously we're finally seeing some of the more long-term or I guess, you know, quote unquote, long-term effects of what happened with COVID. So a lot of what was trendy in the 2010s, like the, the really soothing millennial pinks and like wellness and athleisure, a lot of that was in response to how millennials responded to the recession and how they kind of... You know, change their shopping habits and the things that they sought out after the the housing crisis and all that that happened in 2009. So now we're seeing how Gen Z is responding to quarantine and to the pandemic and to COVID. So a lot of the nostalgia trends that I'm seeing are kind of Gen Z reclaiming those childhood years that they felt like they lost when we were all stuck in our houses and not really able to do so much. So revisiting the things that like maybe you wore in preschool, like pony beads and really colorful fashion and maximalism as a response to wanting to spice things up in life after feeling like we've been cooped up for so long Um, Mm -hmm. and also pushing back a little bit on those millennial trends so instead of focusing on being like that girl capital T capital G and (laughs) to be productive all the time and you know waking up at 5am and if you don't have a planner like that you're writing out all of your your day-to-day in that like doesn't mean that you, you know, can't be living your life. So like Emma Chamberlain's skincare line, it's all about like if you forgot to take off your makeup, here's the skincare for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not punishing ourselves for not being perfect at all times. We don't need to have that like amazing glossy aesthetic at all times. You can have fun, you can go out, you can come home at 3 a.m. And there are going to be fashion trends and beauty products that can fit into that sort of lifestyle. That's mm-hmm. a response to you know, post pandemic, what does life look like after feeling like the world was ending for like a year?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's such an interesting take on like the up and coming fashion trends too, because I think everybody, I mean, me, I was doing this all the time, wearing sweatpants, wearing my slippers, like every single day working from home. And it makes you feel like kind of like a slob a little bit, but it's also, it's comfortable. But now that we're going out doing these things, you want to kind of dress up to the nines and be able to be a maximalist as you mentioned and kind of bring back those more nostalgic you know things into your closet nowadays so that's really cool um and I love to see it and I love to you know go into our building and see what everybody's wearing these days. So it's really nice to have that. Um, and then you know just to wrap up too just wanted to hear some of your career goals in the next few years for yourself. Where do you see yourself going? Um, you know, in terms of your platform, your fashion career, everything like That,
1: yeah, sure. I mean, I love being an editor and I I hope to continue to be an editor. Um, I guess as much as I love a a good physical print magazine, I do think that digital is the future, so I'll probably continue Mm -hmm. to work in the digital space and then work my way up. Um, I think in like a decade, I can see myself going freelance and then you know, like penning op-ed pieces for like the New York Times' fashion column and then, you know, doing entrepreneurial ventures and kind of branching out and doing my own thing. But I guess we'll get there when we get there. (laughs) Yeah. In terms of like long term goals, I try not to plan too too far out into the future. Like I don't really have a set a set goal for what I want to do in twenty years. I don't even know who I'll be in twenty years. But I do think (laughs) that I wanna write a book and maybe multiple books at some point in my career. Like I'd love to like walk into Rizzoli's
0: in Flatiron and like see my book on the shelf. So we'll see. We'll see. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I'll be on the lookout for that book eventually. Um, it. Give it 20 well, years. It'll be. There all right. I'll be counting down the days. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Hannah. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. I think that, you know, a lot of people can get some real wisdom and inspiration out of this conversation. So I really appreciate your time and I'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks, Hannah.